Good morning and welcome to the Dance to Learn podcast, where I help dance teachers and studio owners dance, learn, and grow right along with your students. I'm your host, Jessica Strong, and I'm the creative director and owner here at Dance to Learn. In today's episode, I am diving further into VARC learning with a focus on our K learners, also known as the kinesthetic learners, and how we can use movement cues throughout class to help them with classroom management. Good morning, dance teachers and studio owners. Happy Tuesday. I am excited to share another episode of the Dance to Learn podcast with you. And today is our last episode of our first season. And so I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who has subscribed, downloaded, and reviewed the podcast so far. I am so happy you have all found the information useful, and I hope that you are applying it in your daily teaching models. And I am so looking forward to season two. In season two, I will be interviewing some influential dance educators as well as focusing on conceptual dance education and breaking down dance concepts and elements. So tune in for season two, which begins next Tuesday. And just as a reminder, if you are loving the Dance to Learn podcast, I do ask that you take a minute to leave us a five-star review and you could be featured in an upcoming episode and receive a $10 Amazon gift card for your studio. So today I am discussing the last feature of VARC Learning, which as a reminder, VARC stands for Visual, Auditory, Reading and Writing, and Kinesthetic. So to ensure our dance classes educate the whole child, it's important to understand these four different learning types and how we can captivate them in each and every class. Now I have linked four previous episodes on this topic, including episode six, where I shared how you can optimize your classroom for VARC learners, episode eight, creating visual cues for classroom management, Episode 9, Creating Auditory Cues for Classroom Management, and my previous episode, Episode 10, Creating Cues for Your Readers and Writers in Your Dance Classroom. So please take some time to listen to those episodes as well to help you really understand VARC learning and how we can set up our classroom for whole child success. So today we're going to focus on K, and K in VARC stands for kinesthetic learners. So how can we identify the kinesthetic learners in our classroom? So kinesthetic learners are the most physical of all of the other learning styles. Kinesthetic learners absorb information best through touch, movement, and motion. So the word kinesthetic refers to our ability to sense body positions and movement. So this means that to really understand something, they need to touch it, feel it, and move it around. So how can we pinpoint the K learners in our classroom? 
So kinesthetic learners, number one, they do not like sitting still. So they are going to be the dancers in your classroom who constantly want to move around, even during the moments where you would like your dancers to be still, such as your learner's circle. They're going to want to stand and move and really be involved in everything. So it's important that we captivate them during the early parts of class. You can also pick out a kinesthetic learner by how they talk. They like to talk by using their entire body, lots of hand gestures, and they're gonna put their whole body in a conversation. Number three, these learners, unlike our previous learners, our, our, our readers and our writers, these learners will not enjoy reading as much. So the inclusion of a story time, if you do, include a story time in your classes, it's going to be very important that you make it an interactive story time, meaning that you don't just sit and read a whole story and then move. You want to be moving as you're reading the story. And then lastly, our kinesthetic learners, like our readers and writers, they're going to enjoy the use of props and how they can really manipulate props. So like our readers and writers, our kinesthetic learners love tactile touch and development. So that is going to be important. They want to learn about an object by participating in how it works, not just watching how it works. So they will want to touch and be involved with the props in your classroom. So it is important that we include props. So how can we assign cues for these learning types so they can have the most success within our dance classes? Let's begin by setting up our classroom for success. Let's talk about how we've set up our classroom for all of our other learners first. So just remember, our visual learners, we have assigned them a visual spot on the floor, whether it's a piece of tape, a poly dot, a yoga mat, whatever that visual is, but this is a visual cue for them to locate where they need to be in space. Our auditory learners, we sing a song about making a circle and finding their spot and sitting down on their spot. And again, we need to be sure the song is upbeat and it rhymes so it's easy for them to learn and remember. For our readers and writers, in addition to the visual spot, we include a nameplate for them. So the first thing that a preschooler will learn how to spell, write, and read is their own name. So adding this to their physical spot will help them identify their spot among all of the others in the room. So for our kinesthetic learners to get them into the classroom and set up for success, we will want to be sure that we assign a movement for them when entering the classroom and going to their spot. So for example, one way we enter our classroom in our pre-ballet classes is by greeting the instructor with a bow or a curtsy, and then we bury walk to our spot where we catch a magic fairy or some other enchanted creature, and we sit down and we put it in our pocket, also known as crisscross applesauce. So now let's talk about our learner's circle, which we include in all of our Dance to Learn classes. And this is when we introduce the concept of the day. So for all of our dance concepts that we learn, we print out a bright and colorful visual aid. And they usually have a silly character on it, like a snowman or a squirrel or a princess or something that the children can recognize. 
So coming up in October is our fall in love with dance theme. So we include a fall in love with scarecrows sub theme, which means that we have some printables with some silly scarecrows on them. And so our visual for scarecrows includes four scarecrows in different body shapes. We have a straight body shape, a curvy body shape, an angular or geometric body shape, and a twisted body shape. And along with our scarecrow in these four shapes, we include the concept word. So we write the word straight, curvy, angular slash geometric, and twisted. And the best way that we can captivate all four of our learning types during our learner's circle is by the see, say, trace, and do technique. So let's break that down. What is that for all of our learners? So first, for our visual learners, we look at the visual and we discuss it. And I, the teacher, will ask them to describe what does that scarecrow look like? For our auditory learners, we say the word. So we will say angular, then we will say geometric. For our readers and writers, we will actually trace the picture. So we will use our finger and trace the parts of the scarecrow that are straight or trace the part of the scarecrow that is curvy. Then for our kinesthetic learners, we do or perform the body shape by standing up and imitating the body shapes with our own bodies. So our kinesthetic learners are going to want to immediately stand up and start mimicking what they see on the visual. So it's very important that we include that do or perform uh, anytime we place a visual in front of them. So this is going to help these dancers learn association. And association means connecting the visual that they see to the movement that they are performing to help them later identify those visuals with the associated body shape. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about that Fall in Love with Scarecrows lesson plan and how we apply the see, say, trace, and do technique, we will have the lesson plan for sale on our website. Uh, it's actually up for pre-sale right now. So I will have a link in the description box for you. And the video on how we introduce the concept is available right now as a free preview. So I hope that you go and you watch that and I hope you enjoy that lesson plan. It's really fun and super cute. So now let's move on to active listening phrases that we can include in our classrooms to help inspire and motivate our K learners to follow directions. So active listening implies a classroom management technique that requires your students to take some type of action, whether it's having super quiet mouths, turning on listening ears, standing up for warm-ups, or transitioning to across the floor. Active listening techniques can be applied to all four types of learners. But how can we use active listening techniques specific to our kinesthetic learners? So I have created a free download for you, as well as a YouTube video that goes along with that download that explains 25 different active listening phrases. And I picked out four that can be applied specifically to our K learners. So for the first one, stop, sit, listen. <laughs> so I like the stop, sit, listen rule for our kinesthetic learners because it requires specific actions to take 
place. So let's say you're performing a free dance activity at the end of class where all of the kids are actively moving around the room. They may also be very vocal, laughing and yelling and screaming and having fun as they dance and move in space. So you, you know that the end of class is coming, so you want to prepare for your cool down and the end of class. So you stop the music and you say stop, implying everybody freeze. Next you say sit, which requires all of the students to take action and sit in space. And then the last one is listen. And this action requires them to quiet their mouths and turn on those listening ears. And this phrase will also captivate your auditory learners as well. So it's always great if we can find phrases and active listening that captivates all four of our learner types, right? So my second active listening phrase that I love is Avengers, assemble for directions. And this is a fun active listening activity that your class will love. And you can change uh, Avengers to anything. Maybe your class wants to be unicorns or rainbow puppy dogs, whatever they choose their class mascot to be. So when your class assembles, assign a movement that they must perform. If they are superheroes, maybe they chasse to their spot in their learner's circle. Or if they are unicorns, they prance and flap their arms like wings. So whatever movement you want to apply. And again, when you yell Avengers or whatever the mascot is, again, that's going to uh, activate your auditory learners as well because they're going to hear that. All right, number three. I see blank. Let's tiptoe walk quietly and slowly so we don't scare them away. So you can fill in that blank with anything. So in February, we always have a teddy bear picnic week and I want our dancers to pick a teddy bear from their picnic. So rather than having everybody rush over there and just start randomly grabbing teddy bears, what I do is we slowly and methodically tiptoe walk to where the teddy bears are and then this way we don't scare them away. And then one by one we pick our teddy bear and we tiptoe walk back to our spot. So applying a movement to your transitions is going to help your dancers know how to behave when it's time to move from one part of class to the next. So if you don't give them an expectation, you may end up with moments of chaos during those transitional times. So it's really important that you think of how you want them to transition. All right, and my last one that I love for our kinesthetic learners is hands on our hips and smiles on your lips. And I love this one to get ready for choreography at the end of class. It helps our kinesthetic learners and visual learners as well set up for success prior to starting the dance. And then I will also say who is my tallest dancer today? And I look around the room to be sure everyone is doing what they need before we get started with practicing our dance. So if you've liked those four active listening phrases, be sure you head to the description in today's podcast and download all 25 active listening phrases for your classroom and check out the link to the YouTube video on this topic as well. Okay, so now let's talk about transitions and what I call moving the troops, moving around the room and guiding our kinesthetic learners during transitional times in Class. So I have two go-to transitions for my kinesthetic learners, which I also use for my readers and writers as well. And I love these transitions because they activate their fine motor skills and tactile senses, which is really important for both of these learning types. 
So the first one is my slime wall. And my slime wall is a wall in the class that is covered in pretend slime. And it can be whatever color the kids want it to be because it's magic. So what we do is we tiptoe walk to our slime wall and I ask them what color slime they are going to get as they rub their hands on the wall. Then they rub the slime all over their hands, their arms, their backs, their legs, and then they sit crisscross applesauce to wait their turn. Turn, and the slime helps them stick to the wall. And right now, with obvious uh, sanitation and coronavirus concerns, rather than touching the wall, you can give them maybe some hand sanitizer and pretend that the hand sanitizer is their magic super glue or slime, and they have to rub it on their hands first, and then they move on to the rest of their body. So just a tip for the times. All right, my second transition for my kinesthetic learners is catch a magic fairy. And this is very similar to the teddy bear picnic example that I shared above. So I use catch a magic fairy in every one of my ballet tap combo classes. And you know what, it doesn't have to be a fairy. They could catch a magic dragon or an elf or whatever enchanted creature you want. It could also be an insect or an animal, really whatever you and your class would like it to be. But the way it works is I have a wall, again, this is a wall where we always start our across the floor from, and what we do is we sit on the wall to wait our turn. And this is where the magic fairies live. They live on this magic wall. So what we do is we very slowly stand up and we quietly tiptoe walk to the magic fairy wall. And it's important to go slow and quiet because otherwise we scare all of our magic fairies away if we start running towards the wall. So once we're there, what we do is we jump up and we grab a magic fairy and then we put it in our pocket by sitting crisscross applesauce. And it also helps to tell them that if they move off, off of the wall before it's their turn, they lose their magic fairy and then guess what? They have to catch a new one. So just a good way to teach waiting turns as well. Awesome, so now that we've moved our troops, we are ready for an obstacle course. So our kinesthetic learners in general are going to love obstacle courses because they get to perform a variety of movements linked together. Again, they love moving. <laughs> so something like an obstacle course where all they do is move and do different movements all the way through, this really floats their boat, okay? So the best way to guide them through is to include props that they can pick up and manipulate as they move. Because remember, they are going to want to be involved in the obstacle course. So right now, with restrictions on how many items we can touch, you may want to consider investing in some disposable props that can be thrown away after a dancer touches them. So things like paper streamers, paper cups, paper plates, etc. All things that can act as a marker or a spot in the obstacle course that they can perform while moving around the items. So I'll give you an example. Maybe your obstacle course is a butterfly theme and all of your kiddos are butterflies and they all get their own wings and their wings are gonna be made out of paper streamers. So they start flapping their wings and they do a chasse through the first part of the obstacle course. Then they come to a row of paper plates and these paper plates are flower seeds. And so what they wanna do is they want to achape on the plate and off the plate and sort of traveling down this row of paper plates. Lastly, they come to a row of paper cups and the paper cups represent the flowers. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna tiptoe walk 
in a zigzag pathway in and out of the paper cup flowers. And then the last marker in the course is a hula hoop, which this is a teacher prop, meaning this is a prop that only the teacher touches. And inside that hula hoop, they're gonna do an arabesque like they have found their favorite flower and they are sipping the honey or the nectar out of the flower. So, but giving them that paper streamer, it's going to allow them to get those tactile senses of touch, which they really, really love. And it's also gonna allow them to be more involved in the obstacle course by giving them an object to manipulate. So since they have something in their hand, they're also gonna be less likely to touch the other props in the obstacle course as they're performing through that pathway. So that helps you have to sanitize fewer things as well. Once the obstacle course is done, you just pick up those disposable props and throw them away. It's really super simple. All right, last thing, let's talk about choreography. So I've talked about my approach to teaching choreography numerous times. Uh, so I don't do a whole lot of explaining. I, we're, gonna, we're gonna lose the attention of our preschoolers if we do that. So what I do is I just play the music and I make it a game of copycat. And each week I add on an eight count of music and I just build the story until it is complete. So let's review how I help each of my learners through choreography. So my visual learners love playing copycat. So by making choreography a game, I can keep them engaged by performing the moves right, right along with them that they copy and perform as well. I engage my auditory learners by saying each move and talking them through the story as we perform it together. For my readers and writers, I will try to sequence choreography together in a way that tells a story so it's easy for them to remember. And I try to use the lyrics as my guide. So it's important that I am choosing music that can make sense conceptually and progressively to help with this. And then for my kinesthetic learners, they just love moving. <laughs> so they are going to enjoy a dance where they can constantly move. However, they may also have their own movements that they want to perform and not necessarily the movements within the, chore the choreography. So reminding them that this is a game of copycat and that they should copy the teacher and not the other dancers in class, this is going to be the key for this learner type. And as always, if any of them are struggling, I will stop the music and play a quick game of copycat without any music playing because sometimes music can actually be a little overstimulating for our younger dancers. All right, well that is it for today. So thank you so much for joining me again on this week's episode of the Dance to Learn podcast and our final episode of our first season. It's amazing that we've had a whole season of podcast episodes for you. So before you leave today, don't forget to read the description for the links to episodes 6, 8, 9, and 10, which are extensions of today's podcast. And I've also included that link to the 25 active listening phrases download, as well as the associated YouTube video. And I've also included a link to the Fall in Love with Scarecrow's lesson plan, which is available on our website now for pre-sale. So you can just head on over to dancetolearnuniversity.com and then find the lesson plans page.
Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Also, please leave the podcast a five-star review and you could receive a shout-out on my next episode. Also new and exciting, all new five-star reviews will be entered into a drawing and each week you could win a $10 Amazon gift card for your studio. So till the next podcast, I hope you continue to dance, learn, and grow. Bye.